Today's episode of the City of Smack podcast on the City of Smack podcast network is presented by Whoop. We are getting to the heart of fall marathon training season. Whoop is a fitness wearable that provides 24-7 personalized insights around your sleep, recovery, and daily activity. Whoop has helped runners of all backgrounds train smarter and recover faster so they can get to the starting line healthy and hit some new PRs. As I get ready to dig deep into my marathon training, my Whoop is what's telling me just how exhausted I am from covering the Olympics and Torch Talk, but now I'm rested, recovered, and recharged to get back into the thick of it. Whoop doesn't just get your splits or mileage, but instead focuses on the 23 other hours of the day when your body's getting ready for that next run. Every day gives you a personalized recovery score based on things like your resting heart rate, sleep, and respiratory rate, so you actually know if you're going to be able to crush those tempo runs and if the legs are feeling good. I've seen Nikki Hiltz, Joe Kovacs, Drew Hunter, and a slew of other professional athletes wearing it. Now, it's your turn. Join now for free. Whoop is offering 15% off with the code Sidious at checkout. Go to Whoop, that's W-H-O-O-P.com, and enter Sidious at checkout to save 15%. Sleep better, recover faster, and run faster. Get to the starting line healthy with Whoop. Thanks to all the support on Patreon. We've had 14 new backers in the month of August. So thanks to your generosity, the show will continue going strong. And I've decided to bring on a podcast producer named Mike Zerzolo, who will be helping with the show going forward. Your dollars help us put on series like Torch Talk and help us think of fun future concepts and trips, especially with fall marathon season approaching. So if you enjoy what we're doing, support us over at patreon.com slash Mag. Another way you can show your love for us is by picking up a t-shirt or sweater over at SidiousMag.com and hitting the merch tab. We actually just came out with t-shirts and sweaters that say I heart track and field because let everyone know I love track and field. We've also surpassed 1,000 reviews on Apple Podcasts. This helps us populate on people's feeds as a recommended show on Apple Podcasts and allows possible sponsors to see what listeners think of the show. It takes just a minute to leave a review and rating, so I greatly appreciate it if you can do so. Thank you, thank you, thank you again. My guest for this mini episode of the podcast coming off the Prefontaine Classic in Eugene, Oregon, is Justin Gatlin. Gatlin trains with Shakari Richardson under coach Dennis Mitchell and is a polarizing figure in his own right. He's served two doping bans during his long career. Since the early 2000s, Gatlin has been a world-class sprinter with a Jamaican rivalry of his own. Most famously, he battled Usain Bolt at several global championships. I caught up with him in the mix zone at Hayward Field, which is why the audio in this isn't as clear, but I thought that his answers to some of my questions were pretty insightful as a veteran at the top end of the sprints for nearly two decades. He briefly chats about how he plans to continue going, but also what it's like watching Shakari Richardson come up as the next sprint star for the United States. He knows what it's like to be in the media spotlight and the public's crosshairs where Shakari found herself after her last place finish at the Prefontaine Classic behind the Jamaican sweep of the podium and Elaine Thompson hurrahs 10.54 which is the second fastest mark of all time. So without further ado, here is Justin Gatlin. Hi, Justin Gatlin. I mean, trying to outrun Father Time? What's left? What, what, what do we got going on here? You know, uh, got another sub-10 for the season, so it felt good. 
Uh, last time I ran here, I got an injury, hamstring injury. Um, I just want to come back and just make that right. You know what I mean? I know these guys have been running all season. They're sharp from the Olympics. They're looking good. They're younger. You know what I mean? But I feel good. Um, I think I got a little more left in the tank for the season, and we'll see how it goes. But no, still, still no decision yet on what next year looks like or anything like that? Or, I mean, how much gas is left in the tank? I'm going to... Uh, set myself up if I'm going to retire. But what the next thing I'm going to do, and if I stay, I'm going to set myself up and make sure that I stay and I come back even stronger in the misery. Gat, you're one of Shakari's mentors. <laughs> Seeing the race today, I mean, she walked out, she walked through here, didn't talk to the media, had an interview out there, but kept it pretty short. I mean, she's young, she's facing these Jamaicans who, I mean, the Caribbean shade is different. I mean, I, I know the Caribbean shade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. talk about someone who knows about it. But I mean, like, for her to handle, you know, this spotlight in this moment, I guess, like, what's kind of like the role that you play behind the scenes in, like, mentoring her and also just letting her do her thing? Well, you know, it's a unique situation because, you know, she is, you know, basically set up to be the next for America, definitely. You know, and the world's watching, literally. You know, she's on headline news, CNN, after the Olympics is over. You know what I mean? People are still wanting to see what she's going to do. So it's, it's not just a physical thing, you know what I mean? And maybe because she hasn't ran over a month, and knock a little rust off, but it's also a mental thing, you know what I mean? And those are some of the greatest women in the world she's racing against. And she's next to come. So she has to show her, uh, show where she's at and step up to the plate and be ready to ready to take charge. Do you feel like the tension between like US Jamaica and the sprints right now, how does it compare to when it was Bolt versus you or, or Bolt versus Tyson? Uh you know when you when you look at Jamaican athletes, you know where they come from, um, a lot of them don't have the amenities that we have in America. So I think that a lot of the young athletes in America have a sense of entitlement because, you know, they have the therapists, they have endorsements, they have the money that's backing them. Everything is there for them just to be the next. But when you're dealing with someone who's coming from little to nothing, you know, some of these athletes from Jamaica and other Caribbean islands don't even have shoes. So the only thing they do have when they bring to the line is pride. Pride for themselves, pride for the country. And I think that's where sometimes the game changer is. Yeah. And it's just for these young American athletes is, when you step to the line, it's not about yourself. It's about your family, about your city, about your country. You know, and that's what we have to take to the line today. Is that why kind of it explains, like, you bring up, it, like, we're asking these, the Jamaican athletes about Shakari, and it's usually no comment, or they walk off. It's that spotlight. It's kind of like they, they don't want to share it, I guess, because they, they deserve it too. Well, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it's that. But you also have to realize that in our sport is about letting your feet do the talking. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think those those athletes want to just get out there and improve themselves on the track. And kind of like the level of, not trash talk, but it is sort of like chirping that, I mean, Shakari loves doing it and tries to back it up and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. I mean, uh, it's it's definitely different from when it was with you and Bolt, right? It is. Um, I remember in 08 watching Bolt do what he did. It inspired me to come back, work harder, and be, when you think about Usain and think about competition, you think about me. And I had to work my way up through these different competitors, Asafas and Johans and Tysons and Nestors to get there, to be shoulder to shoulder, say I raced against Bolt, I beat Bolt at one point, you know what I mean? So for me, it was just like, I had to respect the process and respect where I was going. Mm -hmm. And I think that nowadays is, you know, it's a little lack of that. And I think that's where the essence of track and field is. 
being a competitor, but also respecting the sport, respecting your competitors. Now that we're getting closer, I guess 10-5-4 up in the front of that race. I mean, do you, do you think we'd get to, you know, this conversation about Flojo's world record this soon? Yeah, why not? It's already happening in the 400 hurdles on both sides, the men and women. It's about the push. It's about the competition. Yeah. You know, it's about someone who's going to be able to push you to the line. And they're doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. We didn't think that we were going to see a 10-5 today, and we saw that 10-5. So what's next? You know, so we just got to sit there and watch. Technically, when you watch those races, the women's races in particular, what stands out to you, I guess, about Shelly Ann's race is much different than Elaine's race. Like, what makes the three the, the three medalists different and Shakari different from, from all of them? All of them. All of them is it's about greatness. And why I say that is because when I race against Usain, it was, it was Usain and me most of the time. So it was like, all right, is he on? I'm on. We going? Now you have almost a whole line of females, mm -hmm. and any of them have can take it. All of them have the ability to run 10-7 or better. Yeah. So you you watched the women's race today? Or did you, you I didn't like get a chance to. Right? Didn't? I, didn't get a chance. I was gonna ask you like when because it, it was kind of clear that Shakari like did like shut it down like towards the end because 11, 11 above 11 was not like it's not her. But well, you better you gotta realize that you know it's not a 400 meter race, not yeah. a 400 meter hurdle race, not an 800. You know the strategy is it's almost like. It's almost like being a goalie in soccer. You gotta pick left yeah. or right. You gotta commit to whatever you're gonna do. And when, when you come out that blocks, if you don't execute your race pattern, then you're gonna lose a race. And the faster the race is, when you're talking about 10-7s, 10-6s, 10-5s, there's no catching another 10-7 or another 10-6, even if you can run that. So you have to be able to commit to your race. Yeah, so what is going back to the drawing board practice Monday sort of look like for, I mean, when it was with you, but like, I guess we should carry and train it. Hunger, yeah. dial in. You know what I mean? You know what it feels like to celebrate and win. Now you know what it feels like to lose on the big stage too. So it's all about dialing, uh, getting hungry again. She's capable of running 10-5. I've seen her do it at practice. You know what I mean? So it's all about bringing it to the stage and being ready and just focus only on that. Well, tell me about this 10-5 you saw in practice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the girl has done amazing things at practice. Yeah. You know, and to watch it is almost like... As being a male athlete, yeah. you're still in awe because you're seeing numbers that are put out there by, no, I've never seen a female do it. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I mean, not taking anything away from Michelle Ann or Elaine and what they've done, but um, she's, the most she's the most amazing training partner I've ever had. Yeah. She's just, we're just in awe when she practices. So it's just about bringing consistency to that kind of practice. You might have to stick around to just stick around as a training partner <laughs> after you're done competing. Well, you know, like I said, I mean, you know, last time I was here, I hurt the hamstring. Now I was able to get through the race, and I'm happy I was able to do that. And um, we got a couple more races to, uh, to go this Europe, so hopefully that will help each other out today. Yeah, and I appreciate it. Thank you. If you're digging all the content and want to share your support for Sidious, then hit us with a couple of bucks and pledge your support over on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash SidiousMag. Your help gets us to events, covers hosting fees, lets me pay my new podcast producer, and helps us think big picture for projects in the future. You can also throw us a one-time donation by hitting us on Venmo, at Sidious Mag. Thanks to Whoop for being the sponsor of the Sidious Mag podcast. Go to whoop.com, that's W-H-O-O-P.com, and enter Sidious at checkout to save 15%. Sleep better, recover faster, and run faster. Get to that starting line healthy with Whoop. That's all I've got. I've been your host, Chris Chavez, wishing you some happy and healthy running. Legs are feeling good. <laughs>